Listener's discretion is advised. Oh, say can you fit, 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 everybody. What so proudly we fit by the twilight's fit, 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 whose broad stripes and fit, fit, on the left, fit, 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 fit. the parties are listening here tonight on this Sunday edition of Random Stuff. Now, last Saturday was the second race of the Superstar Racing Experience. Of course, Superstar Racing Experience entered its second year of competition. Of course, it features drivers from all the other racing leagues like NASCAR or uh, Sprint Car Racing or local dirt tracks or or just local track stars or even some indie cars and some other cars from drivers from the other leagues but anyways the second race was at South Boston Speedway where things got a little wrecky yes and it was as many people would call it the shit show now the center of that race at South Boston Speedway was after the second heat of the race where Elio Castro Neves won heat number two. Uh, Ernie Francis Jr. and Tony Stewart got a little pissed off at each other. And, well, here is both sides of the story. Let's start with Tony Stewart first, and then we get to Ernie Francis Jr. And uh, we'll see what we go from here. You know, this, this is the game. And uh, you were like Uncle, Uncle Tony to Ernie just now. Well, they've pissed off Uncle Tony right now, so they're about ready to get a dose of it that they don't want. So, uh, trust me, I know every dirty trick and got it in my bag. I mean, when somebody, when you're following somebody and the guy's on the outside and as soon as he gets clear, he just turns down across, that's the dumbest shit you can do, I swear to God. It's like, I, I'm just done playing nice with everybody. It's like, the, anybody that touches me, I'm touching back times five. So, just done jacking with some of these clowns. 
Yeah, you know, he came over afterwards pretty upset. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that from him. You know, I know he's the boss, but uh, you know, Ruben's racing out there. Uh, he got up on my inside. I didn't see him there. I was too wide with uh, with Andretti and someone else. I turned down. Didn't see his car in there the last second. You know, for him to hit me under caution, that's kind of a dirty move there. You know. That's kind of stuff that Paul Tracy does for him to come in and come after me and push me around after that. You know, I'm not going to take that from him. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to go out there and race. You know, we've got to try and uh, turn our night around. Uh, going to work on the car in this, uh, in this break and try and get the car uh, faster so we can work our way to the front. So uh, see if we can get to his back bumper. All right. You can hear him. He wants to get back to Stewart's back bumper. After the uh, scuffle between Ernie Francis Jr. and Tony Stewart took place after he, too, the race resumed in the main event where there are a lot more crashes and some temper flaring. And at the very end, Tony Stewart won the second race of the XRX at South Boston Speedway. And here is how he reacted and he posted it on social media, on all social medias that is. So here's Tony Stewart's uh, reaction. Everybody, uh, the end of week two for SRX in 2022 at South Boston Speedway. A, uh, needless to say, a very action-packed night tonight. Uh, a lot of uh, hurt feelings, a lot of tore-up race cars, uh, a lot of stuff that we just can't explain why things happen tonight. But um, great 100-lap event. Uh, glad to finish this one off in victory lane. But um, definitely looking forward to getting to uh, Stafford next weekend and having a uh, family talk with all the drivers about etiquette and how we're going to do this better than what we've done the first two weeks this year. We can do better than what we're doing. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, South Boston was a great host, had a great crowd. Um, and this is a really cool racetrack. So uh, glad we had the opportunity to come here. Stay tuned. we got four more action-packed weeks to come. We'll see you next week. Well, the family meeting, as uh, Tony Stewart uh, addressed, is going to be a, let's just say, um, it's going to be very heated. It'll be a very heated argument and some of yelling from an old man like Stuart himself. And then some. Now let's move on to the following night. Uh, June 26th saw a seven long ass hours of the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway for the NASCAR Cup Series. And it got, well, rainy and lightning and let's just say lightning and a thunder. Let's just say. And Joe Gibbs was dominating in the first two stages of the race until in comes Chase Elliott. Now, two of the uh, four Hendrick uh, cars are out, including William Byron and Alex Bowman. But Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott went there. And Chase Elliott ended up winning that race. And, well, how the hell did he get through all of this seven long-ass hours at Nashville Super Speedway? Here is how he did it. Over seven hours on the racetrack. Yeah. How did you maintain your composure throughout the race? I went back, played some cards for a little while, and, and came back out and, and got back after it. So it was just one of those days. But uh, such a cool town, you know. Uh, racing under the lights is cooler anyway, so it, uh, it worked out good. You mentioned such a cool town. Nashville is close to you. How is this win different from others? 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, they're all hard to get, you know, but especially when, when you can win in a cool town like Nashville, uh, close to home for me, you know, North Georgia's not far from here, so it's, uh, you know, not necessarily a home track for me, but pretty close to the house, so uh, that's always special to me, and uh, love, you know, I've loved coming to Nashville uh, the last number of years, and um, had, had a lot of good times over here, so that's, uh, that's a good thing. Well, that was Jill Jelnick of the Fox 17 Nashville, who covers the sports component of their uh, network. Fox 17 Nashville is the one of the Fox network affiliate in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, at that same day, on that same Sunday night, last week, Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals took place, and Tampa Bay failed to force this to Game 7. And which ended their hopes of winning three consecutive Stanley Cups in a row. And who prevented them from winning three consecutive Stanley Cups? Well, none other than the now three-time Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. It was also their first championship in 21 years. Getting a little bit 21 years since Colorado Avalanche made their Stanley Cup appearance and their Stanley Cup championship season. And Kel McCarr became the 2022 Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Now, the Conn Smythe Trophy winner is their version of the MVP of the Stanley Cup Finals. So, let that be a lesson to all the people who have never watched an NHL game. So... What's it mean for the uh, Avalanche? Well, it meant everything, and then some. When they're gonna, when they tried to do a the group pick for all the world to see, one of the players from the Color Avalanche just rushed in a hurry and fell and left the dent of the Stanley Cup. Now the Stanley Cup is the most prestigious trophy in the history of all sports, and the only trophy where players. And the franchise cannot keep. Yes. So what do they receive instead? They receive a miniature replica. Not that mini-mini, but that miniature-like replica, like a statue of my uh, diploma for Clovis Community College. That is what the kind of trophy that they get to keep. Because it's so precious and so loving and tender care. Now, after this brief ad, we're going to get to that lengthy as that star segment where everybody's reacting to what happened after the Roe v. Wade got overturned. So, stay tuned, folks. Hi, I'm NBA All-Star Brooke Lopez, and in the offseason, I spent all my time training. Model training at the train shop. Burbank's one-stop shop for model railroad enthusiasts. All aboard for a huge variety of trains and tracks. So much variety. And don't forget accessories like shrubbery, palm trees, a tattoo parlor, and green stuff that kind of looks like weed, but it's not weed. And an incredible selection of miniature white people. Little lumberjacks, stubby hobos, tiny garbage men, little degenerates mooning, and... The cast of Friends, I think? <laughs> this is a store owner, Mindy. Hi, Mindy. How's business? It's been a little slow lately. Thanks, Mindy. 
Oh no, my choo-choo got a boo-boo. Don't worry, Brooke. I'm John, Mindy's husband, and I specialize in train repair. Wow, John, you really saved my caboose. On the train! And it's a great place to meet women. The train shack is not a great place to meet women. What are you waiting for? The Train Shack, located at 1030 North Hollywood Way, across from the old sizzler that's now an orthodontist office. Not to be confused with Shake Shack, Radio Shack, or Shack. Let's say big bucks. Folks, now let's get into the segment that is so long that you have to think about what you're going to do with your new family. Or it is so long that you have to think about all of your driving skills and then put it on an airplane. Or it is so long that you're going to about to die in your own deathbed even though you're already dead but you'll have to send your coffin to... As many of you people know that the Roe v. Wade was overturned on Friday last week. Some people cheered and some people booed and here's how the people who supported abortion reacted. And as for the anti-abortion people, they celebrated like the New York Yankees won the World Series. Like this one. Yankees win! That's exactly what happened. Yes, yes, the Yankees win indeed. Now, following their uh, decision of the Roe v. Wade being overturned, the five people who voted to overturn that uh, Roe v. Wade are planning to go on tour to celebrate their victory with the anti-abortion people and, of course, well, none other than the other guys who really, really, really hate abortion. Now, here was their promo. As a judge, it is an important precedent of the Supreme Court. By it, I mean Roe v. Wade. Do you believe it is the settled law of the land? Roe v. Wade is uh, an important precedent of the Supreme Court. I have no agenda to try to overrule Casey. Um, I have an agenda to stick to the rule of law. I believe the Constitution protects the right to privacy. Roe versus Wade. Do you accept that? That's the law of the land. I accept the law of the land. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny and well put by the team of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on Comedy Central where they know they have to fake it till they make it. Now, I know there's a lot of people who are pissed off, including uh, the host of The Late Late Show, James Corden, who was doing the Late Late Show in London for the final time ever because, you know, after one more season, uh, James Corden is leaving the Late Late Show on CBS and 
going on to his next chapter. But here is his reaction, filming this reaction in London, England, where he addresses the people after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to London. I couldn't be more excited to be here, to be making a special week of shows here in my home city. Now, behind me, this is one of my favourite buildings in London. It's the Houses of Parliament. It was here in 1967 that David Steele, a member of Parliament, brought in a bill which legalised abortion in the UK. Now, if that was ever to change, it would take at least 326 elected officials to agree to such a thing. It would then take another 400 appointees in the House of Lords to vote on that bill before it could ever become law. So that's nearly 800 people would all have to agree before the fundamental rights of half the population would be endangered in the United Kingdom. And for the past eight years, I've been living, working, and raising my young family in America. It's a place I love. You don't need to live in the United States or even have an American child, as I do, to feel utter disgust and anger at the news from the Supreme Court where six politically appointed judges can make a decision that ends the constitutional right to abortion across America. A woman's right to choose what happens to her own body wiped out in a moment. In the land of the American dream, the land of the free, a country which prides itself on the protection of an individual's liberties, we move instantly back to a dark age where a court has imposed the minority political view on a country for decades to come, with a decision that endangers millions upon millions of women and their families. I'm struggling to get my head around any of this. To say that I'm outraged and devastated would be an understatement. It's incomprehensible that in 2022, we should even have to say out loud that women should be entitled to control their own lives and bodies, let alone live in a country that won't allow it. If only the American leaders on the right would care and fight as much for the rights of women as they do their guns. This week, our shows here in London, they're going to be full of laughter, full of fun and joy. But please know that doesn't minimise my devastation, upset and fear at this heart-wrenching and frightening news. James Corden wasn't the only one reacting to this uh, news. There are more people uh, reacting to this news. And that includes the guest host for, of the week for Jimmy Kimmel. During this entire week of guest hosting of Jimmy Kimmel Live is Chelsea Handler. Of course, Chelsea Handler also uh, had done a talk show host in the past. Now, Chelsea Handler went after every single one of the people who cheered and celebrated after Roe v. Wade being overturned. And here's how she responded to all of those things. As some of you may have heard... The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on Friday. 
There were massive protests all across the country this weekend and here in L.A. too. Droves of Americans took to the streets and even in the face of such adversity, countless women were able to turn their anger into some very creative posters. You didn't like wearing a mask. Imagine being forced to have a baby. <laughs> Pregnancy begins with a penis. Regulate that from Philippians 13, 13. Don't like abortions? Ignore them like you ignore school shootings. I won't carry his load. And get off my lawn. has this decision further divided our country, most families now have two separate group texts going. One with the relatives who support the rights of women and one with the relatives who live in Florida. <laughs> A lot of women have been removing menstruation apps from their phones because if they get an abortion, they're worried law enforcement might use the data to track and prosecute them. I also deleted my menstruation app, but mostly because I'm on the eve of menopause. <laughs> Guillermo, did you delete your menstruation app? My what? We'll talk later. All right. Friday's decision has made me a very strong advocate of the pull-out method, which is when you pull Clarence Thomas out of the Supreme Court. <laughs> Justice Thomas said contraception rights and gay rights might need to be overturned as well. You know, so gay people will stop getting so pregnant. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, who would ever marry a pig like Clarence Thomas? And then I saw this headline. Ginny Thomas didn't just praise MAGA supporters on January 6th, she actually attended the Stop the Steal rally. That's right, she was working behind the scenes to overturn a democratic election. Isn't it so beautiful when two disgusting and awful people find each other? <laughs> They are the ultimate abuse of power couple. <laughs> it's especially upsetting when you think of how we got here. Three of the judges who voted to overturn the ruling were appointed by a man with over a dozen sexual assault allegations who lost the popular vote twice, was impeached twice, and attempted a coup because he's a little fat big baby loser. <laughs> We need to do something about this, and we need to do it soon, because I cannot have Nancy Pelosi emailing me 500 times a day. <laughs> Pelosi responded to the decision Friday by doing the most radical thing the Speaker of the House can do. She read a poem. <laughs> a poem that she also read after the insurrection. That's called a whoopsie doodle, Nancy. <laughs> we are facing the biggest rollback of American rights in a century, and she's searching her Gmail for that one poem that always fixes everything. <laughs> and while Nancy Pelosi was doing a congressional poetry slam, Republicans were taking a victory lap and looking ahead to all the terrible things they can do if they take back the House in the midterms. None more so than Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. If you were Speaker and House Republicans win the majority, what are some of the abortion bills that you would put on the floor? Well, first and foremost, I believe in saving every life possible. We will continue to look wherever we can go to save as many lives as possible. Just as long as that life doesn't need baby formula, affordable health care, or a place to learn without getting shot.
By the way, Kevin McCarthy, since you mentioned it, let's talk about what it means to be pro-life. Universal health care, that's pro-life. Restricting guns, that's also pro-life. Fighting climate change, that's also pro-life. Listening to doctors during a pandemic, also pro-life. Not forcing women to give birth like livestock, pro-life. But your party opposes all of those things. Calling Republicans pro-life is like calling O.J. Simpson pro-wife. <laughs> We also got an exciting reaction to the court's decision from the worst woman in the world, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What is your reaction to the ruling? Yes, it, I think it is, it's an answer to prayer. It's a blessing from God. And this is the right thing to do. The court, they are so courageous. Hi! Praise God! Praise God! Don't drag God into this, okay? No God would be on board with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Even Jesus Christ is like, Jesus Christ, you're awful. <laughs> and by the way, I'm speaking from experience on all of this as someone who had three abortions in high school. And if that sounds too extreme, let's pretend I had two. <laughs> Because here's the thing, this planet is a much safer place without me polluting it with my children. <laughs> I'm responsible enough to know that we don't need any more pothead, molly-loving alcoholics running around topless. I get that. <laughs> right, Guillermo? Right, Chelsea, I agree with you, yes. These uh, Republicans are taking one hell of a victory lap. In Texas, the state attorney general closed his office early on Friday and declared an official holiday to celebrate Roe being overturned. The holiday will fall right between their other big holidays, White's Only Wednesday and St. Handgun's Day. So far, the Roe v. Wade Day doesn't have a name, but just spitballing here, I have a few ideas. Forced Labor Day. National Women's Rights or History Month. Deliver Your Baby at Work Day. Misogyny Easter. Sponica. The Vaginal Unequalinox. Girl Harbor Day. And then wrap up your D and stuff it in your own day. In reaction to Friday's decision, a lot of companies announced they are coming or they are covering travel costs for their employees who need to get out of state to get an abortion, including Apple, Disney, the U.S. ski and snowboard team, Starbucks, even Bumble and Lyft, which is the least they could do, considering Bumble and Lyft are often how you get pregnant. <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods also put out a very strong statement supporting their female employees. Don't worry, ladies. Dick's got us into this, and Dick's are going to get us out. Yep. Chelsea Handler was not happy at all. And that goes to show you why people who supported abortions are not having it after Roe v. Wade being overturned. And not only that, after... Roe v. Wade got overturned, the trigger laws happened to some of the red states where they officially ban abortions for good. And uh, the Late Show guy has some information on that one. This ruling had immediate consequences. As soon as it happened, multiple states either partly or fully banned abortion by enacting what are called trigger laws. Trigger because they go into effect immediately, not that they control guns. You can't take away a constitutional right. <laughs> these laws, 
These laws triggers. These laws around the country vary greatly, but multiple states are trying to stem the flow of abortion-inducing pills by making their shipment through the mail illegal. So that's pretty smart, because if they ban the pills, the only way around that would be if someone in America were willing to sell drugs illegally. <laughs> Which, my lawyers say, I have no knowledge of. <laughs> so, if something's illegal, it stands to reason there's got to be a punishment, right? Let's ask this politician, who I am sure never paid for anyone's abortion. The answer is that there has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. Please. Please, four years of you was punishment enough. So, what? Yep, Letterman's successor went there by doing a little pow right in the kisser to Donald Trump after the statement that Trump made back in 2016. Now, the Roe v. Wade overturning and the whole pro-life and anti-abortion thing made me have to look back to 1996 when George Carlin, the late, great George Carlin, did a stand-up special called Back in Town. And he started off his stand-up special with the topic of abortion. And um, here is how it goes. Take it away, George. Why? 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 Why, why is it that most of the people who are against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place, huh? Yeah. Boy, these conservatives are really something, aren't they? They're all in favor of the unborn. They will do anything for the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. <laughs> Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no head start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. <laughs> then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. <laughs> pro-life. Pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like it. They don't like women. They believe a woman's primary role is to function as a broodmare for the state. Pro-life. You don't see many of these white anti-abortion women volunteering to have any black fetuses transplanted into their uteruses, do you? No, you don't see them adopting a whole lot of crack babies, do you? 
Now, that might be something Christ would do. <laughs> and you won't see, you won't see a lot of these pro-life people dousing themselves in kerosene and lighting themselves on fire. You know, morally committed religious people in South Vietnam knew how to stage a goddamn demonstration, didn't they? Huh? Hey. They knew how to put on a fucking protest. Light yourself on fire! Come on, you moral crusaders, let's see a little smoke to match that fire in your belly. Here's another question I have. How come when it's us, it's an abortion, and when it's a chicken, it's an omelet? Are we so much better than chickens all of a sudden? When did this happen, that we passed chickens in goodness? Name six ways we're better than chickens. See, nobody can do it. You know why? Because chickens are decent people. You don't see chickens hanging around in drug gangs, do you? Uh, you don't see a chicken strapping some guy to a chair and hooking up his nuts to a car battery, do you? When's the last chicken you heard about came home from work and beat the shit out of his hand, huh? Doesn't happen, because chickens are decent people. But let's get back to this abortion shit. Now, is a fetus a human being? This seems to be the central question. Well, if a fetus is a human being, how come the census doesn't count them? If a fetus is a human being, how come when there's a miscarriage, they don't have a funeral? If a fetus is a human being, how come people say we have two children and one on the way, instead of saying we have three children? People say life begins at conception. I say life began about a billion years ago, and it's a continuous process. Continuous just keeps rolling along. Rolling, rolling, rolling along. I say, you know something? Listen, you can go back further than that. What about the carbon atoms? Huh? Human life could not exist without carbon. So is it just possible that maybe we shouldn't be burning all this coal? <laughs> just looking for a little consistency here in these anti-abortion arguments. See, the really hardcore people will tell you life begins at fertilization. Fertilization when the sperm fertilizes the egg, which is usually a few moments after the man says, gee, honey, I was gonna pull out, but the phone rang and it startled me. <laughs> But even after the egg is fertilized, it's still six or seven days before it reaches the uterus and pregnancy begins. And not every egg makes it that far. 80% of a woman's fertilized eggs are rinsed and flushed out of her body once a month during those delightful few days she has. <laughs> they wind up on sanitary napkins and yet they are fertilized eggs. So basically what these anti-abortion people are telling us is that any woman who's had more than one period is a serial killer. <laughs> Consistency. Consistency. Hey, hey, if they really want to get serious, what about all the sperm that are wasted when the state executes a condemned man and one of these pro-life guys who's watching comes in his pants, huh? Here's a guy standing over there with his jockey shorts full of little Vinnies and Debbies, and nobody's saying a word to that guy. Not every ejaculation deserves a name. Now, 
Speaking of consistency, Catholics, which I was until I reached the age of reason, Catholics and other Christians are against abortions and they're against homosexuals. Well, who has less abortions than homosexuals? <laughs> Leave these fucking people alone, for Christ's sakes. There is an entire class of people guaranteed never to have an abortion. And the Catholics and Christians are just tossing them aside. You'd think they'd make natural allies. Go look for consistency in religion. And speaking to my friends the Catholics, when John Cardinal O'Connor of New York and some of these other cardinals and bishops have experienced their first pregnancies and their first labor pains and they've raised a couple of children on a minimum wage, then I'll be glad to hear what they have to say about abortion. I'm sure it'll be interesting. Enlightening, too. But, but, In the meantime, what they ought to be doing is telling these priests who took a vow of chastity to keep their hands off the altar boys. Keep your hands to yourself, Father. You know? When Jesus said, suffer the little children, come unto me, that's not what he was talking about. So you know what I tell these anti-abortion people? I say, hey, hey. If you think a fetus is more important than a woman, try getting a fetus to wash the shit stains out of your underwear. <laughs> For no pay and no pension. Well, think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. What did George Carlin do to make you think, man, he has a good point, or maybe you are getting angry of what he said. Maybe. Just think about what the hell are you thinking when you watch this clip on YouTube or have listened to this on all the other channels, especially that uh, clip that was presented on the 11th hour of, on MSNBC. Think about it. While after we get into the brief ad, we're going to get to listen to the MLK version of... Can You Feel It by The Jacksons. So stay tuned, folks. Hi, everybody. 19 years ago, I introduced the world to Dr. Oz. He made more than 60 appearances on my show. I made him a household name. I f***ed up. <laughs> Holy f did I f*** up. I just wanted him to teach us what our poop should look like. My focus is to do what President Trump endorsed me to do. And now he's a first-class head. Do you want to fire Fauci? I thought that would get you worked up. Oprah, sorry, everybody. I owe you each a candle and fuzzy pair of slippers. I'm really sorry. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and I approve this message. We still have Gail. Well, well you go, Gail. I and we're back, folks. Now it is time to listen to some music and actually one song. 
Now, this one was played in last year's 4th of July primetime special. And it is one of the remixes of uh, Can You Feel It by the Jacksons. And this one that I put on last year's uh, 4th of July special was the MLK Remix. So here it is, the MLK Remix version of Can You Feel It, ladies and gentlemen, the Jacksons. Drum major instinct. I have a dream. Thank you. 
Minneapolis will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro were the Jacksons with the MLK remix of Can You Feel It? Now, after this brief ad, we're gonna wrap this episode up, so stay tuned, folks. Just a few years ago, I came out with my smash hit clone, Manure. Manure, the new scent by Blake Shelton. And after settling a few Manure lawsuits, I've been on the hunt for a new scent. And thankfully, our new coach, Ariana Grande, inspired me. That's some kind of like nighttime camo. I like it. Nighttime camo should be the name of your cologne. Oh, I like that. In that moment, nighttime camo was born. What is day without the night? Nighttime camo. You can pick up my scent, but you can't see me. It's nighttime camo. I'm on the hunt, and I've got you in my sights. Nighttime camo. Cloak yourself in Shelton. Where am I? Nighttime camo. The aroma that sneaks up on you. Nighttime camo. Made with only the finest ingredients. Wood chips. Organic deer sweat, and just a hint of poison oak. Both silent and deadly. It's nighttime camo. Now you see me. Now you don't. Nighttime camo by me, Blake Shelton. The only fragrance that works as a cologne and an insect repellent. Take that, bug. this edition of random stuff be sure to tune in tomorrow for the primetime 4th of july special celebrating america so good night <laughs>